Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 218 probably. Is that true? Is it 218? This is yes, true. That is it is true. 218. Okay, tremendous. Yes, For Senator. January 15th, 2020. Yes, Chef. Um, my name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, are Bill Lutz and Tim Sway. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Klingspore, Joshua Alexander, Isotunes, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. Go ahead, Tim. Say the thing you were going to say. Gangi and Pop Pop's Makerspace. Uh, I know both Bill and I got care packages in the mail from them today. I know Phil hasn't gotten his yet, and he's mad that I didn't want to wait for him. But I wanted to just say thank you very much, Gangi and Pop Pop, for the beautiful gift that you sent me. And um, it's, in essence, a, a a small wooden box. or I wouldn't even call it small. I call it sort of medium wooden box that is yeah. designed to be filled with sand and rocks to make like a little Zen garden. And uh, Vance, in particular was uh, very excited um, to see this. I think he's going to really enjoy that. And uh, we appreciate the, the gift very, very much. Thank you. It's beautiful. And I also would like to point out, they, they also uh, they made it from reclaimed materials, and they made it from materials that would be local to each of us. So mine is made out of redwood. I believe Phil's was going to be... Um, like a ma- Canadian kind of antler. Maple and uh, yeah, Tim's is probably a cedar of some kind. It looks, anyway, so it looks like cherry, but I might be wrong. Or cherry. That's my. Yeah. That might be it was what cherry. Was. Yeah. That's what he yeah. said. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Which is local. it would be something pretentious like cherry for Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 But anyway, yeah. Uh, I I also wanted to point out. Thank you, um, Gangi and Pop Pop. I want to go to Ocean Beach, San Francisco, and gather the sand from my local coastline. I am either going to go to my local coastline, with the closest one being New Haven, Connecticut, and picking up some sand there, or I'm going to go to Vance's sandbox out in the backyard. I'm not sure yet. Well, that would be more I, local. I'm going to Vance's sandbox also. <laughs> it's very meaningful to me. Nice. And yes. Uh, yeah. So what are we? What are we up to, um, Bill Lutz? Would you say? Uh, you know, I am not up to anything because I just celebrated my birthday. That's right. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> happy birthday. Hey. A... <laughs> that's there right. That's right. So, um, the so big no, seven I had a... zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only happened I, once. I had a fun-filled weekend of um, uh, Dad Bob came by and brought me a bunch of cowboy boots and whatnots that he doesn't wear anymore. And then he also took me out to a wonderful lunch. And then yesterday... Which would have been Sunday. Really Happy birthday, Monday. son. Here's my old boots. Yeah. Here's yeah. some hand-me-downs. Yeah. Smoke Don't up, spend Johnny. It all in one place. Uh, but here, so check this out. This, uh, my in-laws, um, Casey's mom and dad. You know, remember, Casey was born, raised San Francisco. My in-laws are, are, to say gently, they are extremely left of center. Liberal as can be, love them to death. Uh, they decided because mom is. Um, I think it was more because something. This is something uh, Casey and I are doing now. But mom wanted to know if we would take them shooting huh. because she doesn't want to be afraid of guns. And um, so we took them shooting, and mom shot a little revolver, and she did very, very, very well. Dad, who is a, uh, a decorated Vietnam vet, hasn't shot in probably fifty plus years anything so he had fun and it was just amazing i it's like i i asked him i said did you ever in your wildest dreams think that you would eventually go shooting with your daughter and both of them were like no so that was quite the adventure i and and i i just i don't know what to say it was that was an amazing gift and i had an amazing time so didn't really do a whole lot of building of anything i'm still going to do the workbench rebuild or uh, resto Mm -hmm. whatever um yeah but so anyway that's, that was me. Thanks for asking, Phil. And thanks for thanks for giving me well wishes on my birthday, everybody. 
Both of those are contractually obligated. Yeah. Um, and you, Tim, you are making what? you're making memories is what you're doing there, buddy. I was making yeah. memories. I was reclaiming memories. <laughs> memories right. I didn't know I had. I was reclaiming them. Now I have them again. Tremendous. You're saying Tim. that word a lot. Tremendous. Yeah. You know where I got that from? I got that from Trump. And I used to say it um, in mockery of him, but now it's just part of my vocabulary. <laughs> oh. That's very... It's just... just I say it and I say it legitimately, but... Yeah, you're, vo- you're, you're right. I do say it a lot. Your vocabulary is getting biglier. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the best vocabulary. The best. Nobody has a vocabulary like me. I speak a ton of words. <laughs> okay, what have I been up to, you... Save us, Tim. What are you working on? <laughs> um, I am working on... Uh, See, I went to the woodworking show in Springfield, Mass. Over the weekend, saw a whole bunch of guys, uh, all the the regular local kind of East Coast guys, and got to hang out with them on a beautiful, unseasonably warm day, which is super nice. And it was it was great catching up with everybody there. Um, I took Gagne with me, Dave Gagne, the Elm City Vintage. Uh, we carpooled up, and Vance came along, and uh, so that was very cool. And I got to see um, Paul Mayette specifically. I will mention because he gave me his little. He had made a Paul makes. Uh, he takes like Hot Wheels cars, and he. He chops and makes like rat rods out of them and does decorates them and stuff. And so he found a key truck, like a mini Japanese import truck like mine, and painted it the same color as mine, white, you know, and uh, and made the ladder rack and a little canvas thing and gave it to me. And it's really, really cool. <laughs> and, I, I saw the pictures you posted. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent yeah. work. We love Paul. Yeah, he's awesome. Yes. It, was, it was really cool, and, I, and I, I, I treasure it. So thank you very much for that, Paul. Um, besides that, I wanted to do a follow-up to what we were talking about last week um, in our shop space about making improvements to our shop space. And I, I mentioned mm-hmm. how I it put a larger wasteboard on my CNC to fill up the dead space just so I'd have that space to sort of put stuff, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, no, no good throw. But so when I, I got this CNC, um, I, you know, it needs a laptop to run it, right? And so I have a, um, I have this keyboard stand, like a musician would f- use it folds, and I've used that thing for like decades as a, like a workbench because it's it's like almost like two sawhorses in one. It, you can raise and lower. There's space in between. It's a, re- a really handy workbench. Um, people have commented on videos like, "Oh my god, a keyboard stand, great idea," you know. But so I just when I set the thing up, I just put a keyboard stand in the corner, put a piece of MDF on it, and put my laptop on it to run the machine. And I never did anything since, you know. Uh, and I don't know why I never thought of it until just the other day so i'd always have to sit down to to see it or lean the screen back and stand and right because it's more like you know like counter height and um and it it was just like and then there's uh, that means there's a stool there and i went and i just hung a bracket on the wall and put that stupid piece of mdf on the wall and put the laptop up there and i put it up like about 50 inches off the ground or so so it's like standing height and now i've freed up all this space and the laptop is higher than the machine now so it doesn't get as much dust on it uh, and it was just like Excellent. one of these, like, it was like for for like six months or however long I've had this machine, I've had this stupid wobbly keyboard stand that I've been bumping into and like all awkwardly located. And just like those those little things just, you know what I mean? Another yeah. happy accident, yeah? Yeah, just another like, I was like, why, you know, part of you is like happy because like, oh, this is great. It's so much neater and cleaner over here. And then the other part is like, why am I such an idiot and why didn't I think of this six months ago? Like, there's always that. Because <laughs> it's only obvious in the rearview mirror. Exactly. Hindsight is twenty twenty back there. Um, and so besides that, I've been working on, um, uh, I got a, a, I'm making a five string guitar for a, a client, which is interesting and a six string bass. bass or guitar, 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 guitar. Um, and wow. I, and I'm making a six string bass for another client. So I'm, <laughs> I'm basically, I feel like you got those backwards. I'm basically messing with the universe right now. And so if there's some like giant black hole comes in and like sucks up all the musicians, it's my fault because I'm messing with things that shouldn't be messed with. Is there a, like, a purpose to a five-string guitar? Like, banjos are five-string, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, some of them are fo- uh, five, some are four. I don't... He plays, like, a regular six-string guitar, but he's always taken the low E string off of it and played only five strings. It's just the style oh, okay. that this particular musician okay. has. But so he's you. what he's always done is he's had this guitar, and he's had to re-put a new nut on it, and he's got an empty spot on the bridge, and the pickups don't match right. And uh, so he just, like, saw that what I do, and he's like, hey, any chance you can make a five-string guitar? I'm like, not only is there a chance, I was like, I will make a five-string guitar for <laughs> not you. Not only is there a chance... <laughs> As, and uh, so it's been, and he's been like a super great client to work with so far. Because I'm just, I was just like, all right. So I just started t- kind of taking the math of taking one string away and making some mock-ups That's on my laser cool, and holocore yeah. door templates and showing him pictures of the scale and stuff. He's like, yeah, that looks perfect. You know, That's so, super cool. That's amazing. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun one. I'm gonna film that one because it's unique, you know, and different. So, right. 
Huh. Yep. Who would have thought this guitar thing would actually take off? Well, I mean, it's all, it's right? yeah. I've got two two clients right now. I've got the <laughs> I I wasn't sure. I'm still not sure. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Of course, it's going to take off. We'll see. We'll see. How about you, Phil? Um, I uh, I did something pretty utilitarian for the longest time. You know, I I, I work in this office that I'm in right now because I I work out of my house. Um, I'm self-employed, Bill. And, um, <laughs> and I had like, I had this sort of floodlight that I use for videos that I do in here and I post on LinkedIn and to get the light high up enough off the ground so it doesn't cast a shadow behind me, I kind of clamped it onto the back of a chair, but then that wasn't tall enough. So I stacked two chairs on top of each other and they're held together with clamps all this thing. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I've got like a pile of chairs in my office. So, uh, I went into the garage and I made a stand for it oh yeah and it there it is and i painted it black and it kind of looks pretty pro and i figured i could also use it when i make uh youtube videos in the garage so pretty pretty stoked about that it could uh, it looks semi-decent could you mount because that's a really rig rugged looking stand do you think you could mount your camera on it as well and have like some kind of telescoping arm right on it maybe right underneath the light give me if you see, if I'll put it back there, for the camera, I created a bracket and I m mounted a, uh, oh, I a, clipboard a clipboard to there. it. Yeah, yeah. And I put that on there so that I could sort of read off of it as kind of like a makeshift teleprompter. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that would give me the clearance inside that no, thing I made. No, probably not. I just thought it'd be cool if you could make that all one piece. One unit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could. I know what you mean. But you, you I could, moved but the it, camera around a lot. And the yeah. light's going to stay in the same spot a lot, yeah. But they, I mean, like, I have, yeah. I never use it because the battery's died, and I didn't replace it, but I have this, like, it's probably about one-third the size, or one-quarter the size of your light that you just showed us. It's, you know, four mm -hmm. inches by two and a half inches, maybe, but it, it slides right into the flash port on my camera, but it doesn't, um, uh. it doesn't connect to it. It just slides in there, and it just gives, it's all LEDs, okay. and it just gives you that little push that you need, you know, but, um, but it's, I know what you mean. it's kind of, it is heavy and awkward, too, though, when you got the camera on the tripod, and, you know. Lighting is so critical to videos. I mean, I think, um, you know, that should be the first investment anybody makes into uh, v video production for content uh, or anything like that is, is start, never mind the camera. Just about any camera is going to be fine. The, the, the camera on the back of your phone is fine. Get lighting. That's the number one thing that people are going to get turned off by is like a dark, grainy shot. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's grainy is because no matter what camera you have, with not enough light, it boosts what's called the ISO, and it introduces a lot of noise into the picture. Mm. So lighting is key. Yeah, I, I think as opposed to saying lighting, because that first thing I was thinking was like, you know, I'm not investing in lighting. Um, I think what you're really saying is that make sure you have enough light, right? It's, right. It's not spectacular. I mean, it would be nice if you got some really quality lighting and stuff, but yeah, yeah. I found a couple of fluorescent fixtures that I hung up, which gave me more light. Because I, mm -hmm. I, I remember seeing some people um, giving that advice as well and making videos about giving that advice and the intricate, amazing lighting setups that they had. I'm like, I'm never going to do that. But no, I think what you're really no. saying is you don't, but you don't you need, need light. Don't, don't, you don't need film that. in the dark. Yeah. Right. Don't film no, in the dark. But the thing is, is when I say lighting, I, make, I mean, make sure that it's purposeful for video making. And you don't have, it doesn't have to be expensive. You can get two $15 desk lamps from Ikea, right. line the yeah. inside of the bowl with, uh, with foil tape, and then put cheesecloth over the entire dome, and you've got two soft boxes. You don't even have and to. those are gonna be. You don't even have to do that. You can buy those, the, the work clamps, like the aluminum, looks like a dog, like yeah. a dog cone thing. You, you get do those the same are, thing. They have a clip on them. You get them for like when you're, you know, work lights. They're like 10 bucks. Seven, eight bucks. Yeah, yeah I, I uh, put LED light bulbs in those. And I don't even have anything over them. They're just—it's just a soft light, and I just don't aim it like straight at it. It's got a built-in diffuser. Yeah. Yeah, because the LED bulbs are, are softer. You know what I mean? But then, I, yeah. and then my other one well, is just a work light that I hung a piece of wax paper on. You know? Right. Yeah. So just just sort of think about that. Anyways, yeah. so I mean, that's what this thing is that I just showed you guys. But you guys at home don't know this, but it's uh, it's actually stadium lighting, and I some company sent it to me uh, to sort of see if it was good for for video production. And it wasn't. I had to sort of create diffusers for it. I stacked two fluorescent fixture um, diffusers over it and then created a little bracket for it. And now it works well. Mm. Um, so 
it had to be made for video or whatever photography production. Anyways, that's that's what that is. And um, and I think the next video I'm gonna do and I'll, and I'm gonna do it this week is gonna be a bit of a um, it's gonna be a shop tour, but also a cleanup. I've got a, a corner of my garage that is just crap. You know, it's kind of the I don't know the the corner of your garage where you put all the I got chicken wire there. I've got scrap metal there. I've got <laughs> buckets of parts in there. I got foam from a package that Bill sent me probably three years ago that I use for when I'm, uh, I don't know, just cutting down sheet goods. You know, you put the, the insulating mm -hmm. foam underneath it. That way mm -hmm. it's it's good for zero clearance or whatever. Anyway, I, I had that there for forever, and it's only a little bit of the foam left because I've been using it for packaging. But uh, that, that corner needs to get cleaned up. So I figured I would do it as a multi-camera. the uh, kitchen junk drawer. I have, exactly. I have exactly 500 right. square feet of that. <laughs> I can't afford it. You know, I need that corner. And then once that corner is open, it'll show me some options of what I can do. Oh, and on an update to last week's uh, discussion about that uh, about that disc sander that I have. Mm -hmm. So the epo ep epoxying the plate onto the uh, the drive uh, worked really well. It's mm -hmm. perfect now. And I've actually decided I'm going to keep it um, and uh, and use it as is because it actually works really, really well now. And I'm going to build a wall-mounted uh, stand for it. And then, then I don't need that whole station. That it, and oh, I, like I, my I'll laptop. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, we it's have like, been uh. like simpatico. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So uh, And then I'm probably going to turn that area into a chop saw station. So nice. freeing that up, which I've always wanted to be able to do cross cuts in a hurry. And uh, yeah. that's pretty exciting. And you, know, you don't, yeah, you're talking about how is that? Go ahead, Bill. No, I was, I, it just reminded me, I actually did do some stuff. I didn't film anything, but um, it reminded me, uh, Phil, the magic uh, squishy foam fence post stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I had to put up another fence post again to shore up the fence. And uh, I love yeah. that stuff. I just love it. Oh, do you? It. Yeah, it's just, I mean, for a quick support to help. You know, it, it worked out really well. And then the other thing I was going to tell everybody I did, this is my, I haven't, I haven't bearded dragon in a while. Um, <laughs> so my, Casey and I decided we don't use our kitchen dining area. And that's where Lou's cage was. It was, uh, his condo was up against the back window so he could look out the window. I put a window in his cage and he could look out the back door, window. Anyway, we decided to move that by our front door just up against the wall so we can create space to put a uh, Chuck Norris row machine thing in there and Casey's got her bicycle exercise thing over there. So we're going to do some, you know, getting healthier New Year. We're going to use that dining area for make use of it as opposed to just being empty space. Anyway, so we move Lou's cage over and the back window I made out of some found plexiglass is somewhat reflective now. Well, he thinks there's another dragon inside of his cage. So he's getting oh, all no. pissed off and dark bearded. Uh. And then he starts bobbing. Then he's like, that freaking dragon is bobbing back at me. And he's getting more mad. So he's not the brightest little dragon in the world. Anyway, so I had to, uh, Casey ordered a little uh, desert uh, like scene that I had, I put on that back window because our dragon yeah, yeah. is too stupid to realize there's not another dragon in there. That's you, you idiot. Anyway. Right. <laughs> you know what? I, I think uh, that was a segment that we've been missing is an update oh, the, on the bearded dragon. On the bearded dragon, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and over to you, the weather girl, about, you know, the bearded dragon update. <laughs> hey, so what are we that. talking about, Phil? <clears throat> this week we are uh, we're talking about uh, well the title is ridden hard and put away wet um, and for anyone who doesn't know what that means it's it's an expression that has to do with uh, with horses and uh, when a, when a horse runs it it sweats and it lathers and it's and it's essentially wet and uh, normally you'd you'd go and you'd you'd brush down your horse you'd take off its tack its saddle you know the uh, the bit in its mouth you'd put all that stuff away and you'd brush down the horse and you know let it sort of rest and you'd maintain cool it properly yeah. yeah you know so because so then the next time you ride the horse it's in a proper state of affairs and it's ready to go so putting it away wet indicates that you just sort of you don't care you just sort of tossed it into the in, into the barn or wherever into the uh stable and uh anyway so we, we it's an expression it basically means that you're, you're you're not doing a good job of putting away your things or you're running somebody ragged anyway so we are appropriating that expression and we're we're talking today about um, 
you know, put, when you're done a project or still mid-project, you leave your tools about or you put away your tools, you don't, you know, and sometimes these metal tools will rust or these iron tools will rust. And the next time you go to use it, you've got a ton of maintenance to do because you just didn't take the simple steps to, uh, to take care of them when you put them away. You didn't take the extra couple of minutes to do things right. So uh, maybe we can go around and give a couple of examples of, uh, of things that uh, we have or would not, uh, you know, put away wet, so to speak. Bill, you're nodding your head knowingly. Why don't you go ahead and kick us <laughs> off here? Oh man, I can I, I can talk about my truck, my table saw. What do where, where do we go? Um, <laughs> Dealer's choice. Yeah. Well, let's let's here's something. Here's a habit I've had for a long time. I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, oil changes on vehicles. Um, it used to be the rule of thumb is three thousand miles, right? I over the years that's gone up. Cars now they're more efficient. Uh, like Casey's car, I know because it's a hybrid, it has to have a synthetic oil change and go 10,000 miles. Well, my truck is supposedly it's 5,000. So I'm trying to do 5,000, although I want to do it sooner. Well, this last time, uh, I went like 6,500 miles. And then I felt so bad about it, I not only changed the oil myself because I wanted to make sure it was done right, um, I thought, well, you know what? It's not due for a rotation, but I'm going to go ahead and rotate the tires. And you know what? While well, I've got it, uh, out and available. I'm going to go ahead and clean out the interior. And I'm, you know what? My Canaan filter needs to be, it doesn't need to be serviced. So I, I went overboard on stuff that didn't need to be done because I neglected the oil change itself. And I'm thinking about that in the shop. Uh, my table saw is a good example. When my garage door rolls up um, uh, in the wintertime, if it's wet at all, it will drip down on top of my table saw. I normally keep the top of my saw very clean and waxed and ready to go. Well, then I let that go. So now I've got a bunch of little rust droplet spots on top of my table saw, and I let that go. So it's like, you know, it's, it's not like it's not pitting or anything, but it's like it needs going to have to Surface be cleaned. rust. Yeah, it's going to have to be cleaned off. Well, since it's already got rust and I'm going to end up having to do that, I'll just wait. I don't need to actually vacuum it out, you know, even though it's been probably almost a year. So the, the sawdust is now, it's just when you turn it on, it comes out from everywhere, right? And I don't use it that uh -huh. often, so it's not that bad. And since that's that bad, then I'm not going to worry about cleaning all the tools and stuff off from the top of it. I mean, it's just like once you start letting something go, you let it go. And then it gets even worse, so you got way more work to do at it. Because you're like, well, I got to do this extra work anyway. Or, like I said, you 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 try and make up for the fact. You know, it's like if you put your horse up wet, you feel bad the next day. So you uh, you you walk the horse, you don't even ride it, and then you buy it like extra hay, and you try and like, no, I'm sorry, baby, and, and you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Well, you have two different thoughts there. One is the one where you're talking essentially about. Um, You've, you've turned this object into a person and now you feel bad about it because you right. think it has feelings, you know, that's, uh, and so that's, that's interesting because I do think of certain things that way. Uh, but then the, the other one that you're talking about is just the series of daily compromises. We're right. like, it's not that bad. I can go a little further. It's not that bad. I can go a little further. Well, yesterday I went this far, so I guess I can only go a little further. And that's basically a pattern for destroying your life, never mind your table <laughs> Well, no, but I, I think you're touching on a really important point, though, because you can destroy your life the other way, too. You can, you can like, uh, you know, f be so obsessed with keeping your tool clean and sharp and new that every time you make a cut, you spend 10 minutes cleaning it, you know, for a 30-second cut, and then y mm -hmm. you're just, like, you're not getting any work done, you know? And there are people that, that lean that way, that where they... They, they spend more time cleaning and maintaining their tools than they do actually using them. And I do believe you can over-clean and over-maintain something. Right. And it's, but and maybe that's the hobby. Maybe the, the, the tool maintenance is actually the hobby and the woodworking is the byproduct thereof. Yeah, and that's fine. But I, I know there I do know people who actually, they'll, they'll clean their tools, they'll get them sharp and perfect, but now they won't use them. Because you know, it's sharp and perfect. And and eat it. You don't right. want to spoil it. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, there's that, there's, it's, it's kind of, you know what, being a maker is a delicate balance of mental stability. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Well, it takes someone with precarious mental balance to, to start doing this in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never had a problem like using a sharp tool and I think I'm about average as far as tool maintenance. I probably maintain my table saw once every three to six months, I think is fair. Um, I just did it not too long ago but you know what it's funny that we talked about table saws because um, I remember a few episodes back I talked about um, uh, lubing up the gears and what the mm -hmm. right thing to use for that stuff is 
and I still don't think I found the right thing, even though I use WD-40 for table saws. It's like a dry, I guess it's a graphite-based lubricant, mm. and it's it works. It's not seized like it was before, and I've sprayed everything in there. Like, there's no, I vacuumed it out, I sprayed the heck out of it, and it's still not the same fluid, mo- like I can't use, it's not a free-flowing hand wheel. I gotta get in there and crank it with both hands. You know, I, I didn't even think about telling you this. Did you actually look up at what the recommendation is for that from the from whatever brand it is? It's a jet table saw that's like twenty years old. I don't know. Maybe I could find it. I guess. But I, even if the tech is probably better now than when it was recommended anyway. Uh, no? Sometimes. I mean, like I said, I use I use just a dry lube. You can get powdered lube for it. Um, yeah, the graphite, you know, actual powder lube, uh, the the lock lube is is something that's good too. Yeah, mm. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, but yeah, I just have a, I don't even remember the brand. I think it's a PB Blaster dry dry lube that I, I spray in there. It seems to work okay. I mean, you you shouldn't have to be fighting it. It could be if you're if you're fighting it that much, it might have another problem. There might be something out of alignment. Well, it might not be a problem. You might have just because as makers, you might be just cutting wet wood. You know, and wet wood is going to get up there and gum it up, so you may have to clean it more often as opposed to... Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, How would you get in there and clean it more rigorously? The PB Blaster is a good product because it does just that. It's just like a, it's just like a brake cleaner. It's It's got a powerful enough ah. jet. You can kind of... Because there's, there's some pretty... There's some the pretty, stuff I'm Googling now. <laughs> there's some pretty tight tolerances in there. And it's pretty difficult, like, for the really crucial stuff, for stuff to really get in there, like, you know, it's in those gears, but it, it can, you know? And if you, like, spray uh-huh. and move it and spray it and move it, you, you might be able to yeah, work yeah, it yeah. out. Oh, you can, you, you PB can use Blaster's a, a Canadian tire. Yeah, you can use yeah. a, um, you, use an air compressor in there, too. they got ten different types of PB Blaster, too, so. Yeah. Wear a mask and... This one's the... This is Penetrating Catalyst. Do I want that? Well... It can be used on rusted nuts, bolts, and pipe no. threads. That's not what you Attacks want. And you want the, do you want the dry stuff? Because otherwise it's going to just attract sawdust. And it could be, okay. do you have a little air compressor that you can just blow it out maybe on more of a regular basis? It might. Oh, I got I got a 20-gallon air compressor. Get you one of them long long tube little uh, air, you know, air hose blasters mm-hmm. and uh, pull the back. So instead of cleaning it, maybe just blow it out a little bit better. You know, yeah. direct... Yeah, put okay. put a mask and some goggles on it. <clears throat> blow that thing. I'll make a make a, a poof cloud in your shop, and then when the cloud settles, get in there with the dry lube. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and I like it. And do that every time you cut one piece of wood. Stop. Get the air compressor. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you That's say fine. you're doing it every three to six months, maybe just make it a habit. Uh, if you start a project, maybe just pull the cover off and blow it out. You don't have to lube it or anything like that, but just blow it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, That's it, a good idea. <clears throat> we, we've talked about this with home maintenance because there is that sort of point where it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And uh, or if it's only broken a little bit, just kind of you know. I mean, not with the, obviously with something sharp and dangerous. If it's broken a little bit, you shouldn't use it. But there is that kind of you can over maintain and over clean something and take it apart and put it back together too much to where you know you start to wear things down that aren't really supposed to be worn down. And I always think of my. Uh, <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. My uncle, um, who is definitely the, the person that would clean the saw, you know, more than he uses it. And um, I remember him complaining about this lawnmower that he had bought and he'd only had it for like two years and he's like I, I changed the oil on it every season and I took it all apart and I did this and that and the thing is junk and it died and I and I said to him because I was just sort of joking I was like oh geez I've had my lawnmower for five years I haven't changed the oil in it yet it still runs great maybe you should stop changing your oil you know and, <laughs> and he didn't find that very funny <laughs> But it was true. I still got classic Uncle Leo. He's been through three lawnmowers. I still got the same one. (laughs) But but he's also looking for it. And I'm using his. I'm using his leaf blower now. He said his leaf blower was no good and didn't work anymore because the the bulb that you pushed to prime it. He was like, oh, the bulb's all screwed. Doesn't work right. And and he's he's right. It doesn't work right. But he gave it to me five years ago and got a new one, and I'm still using it with the same bulb. And I still managed to whack the weeds in my yard. You know, you just got to work it a little bit harder. And I haven't taken it apart because I don't want to mess it up. You know, there, there's something to be hmm. said too for certain products are just um, more more able to take the abuse. Um, sure. And I can, I, I, I like, in in the in, in the gun world, I can I can talk about this. I go shooting. I almost 
always clean my guns immediately. But there are specific uh, Glocks are notorious for you can put thousands of rounds to them before you actually clean them and lube them, and they'll still not jam up. They'll not gum up. Same with some tools, mm. you know. Uh, you know, you can just use it, and use it, and use it. I abuse my my that rigid table saw like it's it's awful the way I abuse it. I don't use it as much, but I don't maintain it like I should by any stretch of the imagination, and it just doesn't fail me. It just doesn't fail. Yeah. It's, well, and it is it is that type of a tool. I mean, I take horrible care of my table saw too. I need to clean that thing yeah. out. But you know, I mean, I probably do it every six months, but I use it you know forty fifty hours a week too. You know, I, I should right. be doing it. That's doing. more than than I use it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, That's I do have Phil and I use it probably in a year. I do have um, <laughs> I do have air com- like um, you know and dust collection on it, so that does help a little bit because it kind of pulls stuff away as it's on. Uh, it's at the bottom of the box, but it still fills up with sawdust because it always like kind of fills up in the corners and and I, I blow it out with an air compressor every once in a while, I guess. But so maybe I'm a little better than than six months, but uh, but still, it's like, but yeah, but that's a it's a it's a cast iron table saw from the seventies or whatever. Like it's just, it's, right. it ain't going anywhere. However, my hand planes, there's, you know, now there's a tool that's a little bit more delicate and it's really easy to knock one of those out of alignment and, uh, and chip a blade. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. Then you, you feel that and you need to, you need to respect those a little bit better, you know, for all my talk about abusing my chisels, I have a set of nice English chisels that are still brand new. I won't I won't even open the box. I mean, I've opened the box to look at them, but I won't actually use them because I'd rather use the ones I open paint cans with, sharpen them up real quick for the, the you know, the silliness that I build and make. Um, I'll use and abuse those, but I, I'm, I'm on that paranoid stage where it's like, I, I've got way too many old crappy chisels to worry about ever having to use those. So I kind of like collect chisels because I know I'm going to just tear them up. But I do have my nice set of English amazing chisels that are brand new well you know with your guitar making I'm, I'm surprised you're not pulling those out every once in a while like that's yeah. that's what you keep a sharp chisel for is that type of work you know like and that's yeah, but my the bodies of my guitars are pretty much pre-made right so i'm yeah. just dealing with the neck and my neck i'm using a spoke uh spoke shape or spoke plane hmm. um and yeah. files and rasps that i'm not really using a, a sharp i'm just thinking i'm just thinking inlays like you know you, you might end up doing some square inlays or diamond shapes or, you know, it might be Maybe fun. in the next. might be a fun excuse to, to pull right. those out, you know, instead of doing some. A little circles. marquetry. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to buy a new set of chisels. <laughs> <laughs> Can't use these ones. <laughs> Just, you Can't use my of, good ones. You made me think of Spinal yeah. Tap where he's showing his guitar collection and he has the, the one guitar. He's like, he's like, no, don't, don't touch it. Don't, no, don't even look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We get that way about stuff sometimes, you know. Even, yeah. even, even people like me who ride, ride stuff hard and put it away wet, I get that way about some things. I'm trying to think if there's a tool that I won't use because I'm too worried about taking it out and putting it. I don't. I don't think I have anything like that. I'd love to, but I don't. It's not that I'm afraid to use. Like in the case of the chisels, I'm not afraid to use them. But it's just like I just I'm reluctant to. Why? Why when I have 25 other crap chisels that I, I yeah. put an edge on them when I need them to be sharp I'll sharpen them but I will yeah. still open paint cans with them as well you know so and he I doesn't, know people he doesn't really right ah. he doesn't really open paint cans with them he's oh, just oh yes he does <laughs> <laughs> why don't you just use a screwdriver or one of those tools for or, opening paint or cans? literally anything I, I else have, yeah. I have a couple of chisels that are literally so cheap that nobody would want them anyway and they've actually not chipped. I've opened paint cans with them, and then I'll sharpen them, and they hold an edge better than some of my like cheap Stanley ones and stuff like that. I've got ones that I found, like the old school chisels. I think Jimmy's done some resto videos on a couple of those old chisels with the wooden inserts that you can put in them. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. some of those that are old and rusted, and um, I got a lot of those. I just I haven't cleaned them up yet, so I will use those for pry bars. <laughs> you know, I just. Yeah. I have a couple. I think you forfeit your next turn because you're hurting me right yeah. now. I have a couple that I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's gonna be the Phil show after this. <laughs> I have a couple too that are like, um, they're just inexpensive ones I picked up at the box store, or I've got them in junk drawers, and and I have them. They're designated for when I'm working on like stuff that it may or may not have nails in it. You know what I mean? And it's like if you hit a nail, it's like, well, that's why I'm using this chisel. So okay. cleaning glue or fine. You know that's. But then I have a couple chisels that this guy actually gave them to me. It's a fairly nice set, and I. Those I don't touch unless they're for something that I know there's no nails in it, and that's that's about yeah. that's about really the only difference I have. I mean, I'm not gonna open paint cans with any that's of them. That's not but. the same what Bill's talking about. 
Bill's talking about utter disrespect for the tools. Chaos, Phil. I'm talking about chaos. <laughs> Destruction of the universe. Um, so here's here's a little something for you that uh, I just picked these up. And these are, um, and they're old, too. These are, and Plain I'm... Irons. What I, they are, they are plain. The, 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 in the... Irons. Irons, yeah. The yeah. irons for the, right, for the planes. And I'm thinking about yeah. using these as makeshift chisels because I just found them. But now that I'm looking at them, um, what's the stamp? Yeah. Uh, Say what size it is. It's looks like got something nice there. It's like a number six. That big one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, f- uh, wow. I, I I can't even read it. It's uh, our guarantee. Ace. Argenti? Our, yeah, something like that. Our guarantee. Okay. Anyway. Cast steel. So not cast steel. Yeah. Stamped Can you on cast it. Cast steel. I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of that. But these are taped up like somebody wanted when they stored them. They wanted them to be. Yeah, it's yeah. got old yeah. masking tape on it, right? Like they didn't they want, want to screw themselves. up these blades. But you can make your. They're pitted. You can make your own plane with those. You know. Make a wooden one. Or I can oh. use them as great. I also have a bunch of planer blades I find. And I, every time I find a little planer blade, like a, a electric planer blade, I keep mm. these yeah, yeah. as scrapers and knives and stuff, too. That's yeah. good. It's a yeah. jointer blade. Good steel. I, I haven't thrown one of those away yet. I'm, we talked about that with the saw blades, how I, I save them for those. one of our tips. And, these uh, little guys make fun little scrapers. I don't know what they are. Oh, do you know what that is? That's a router plane blade. Yeah. I got a bunch of these I find. Where do you find what? rusted router? Where do you clean? find this? Uh, at the airport, a lot of hangar clean-out days, people throw stuff away. These old duffs, or their family come in when they, uh, people are too old to take care of stuff. Uh, different industrial areas where wood shops and cabinet shops are. Uh, I'll go scrounge and look, you know, find this stuff. Uh, Jeez, those those pl- you you could make yourself a nice little router plane, which would be a I, I thing. Got, I got probably a, seven or eight of these things, different shapes, sizes. Get out of here! That's a real thing. People make their own router planes, and you know what they use for the blades? They grind down uh, um, Allen keys, and you've got the genuine article there. Hmm. Well, maybe if you're nice to me, Pinsky, maybe I'll mail you some of these. You could actually do something video worthy with them. Have I mentioned how handsome and slim you look today? Aha! I knew it! And how much we love your chisel use. (laughs) Yes. I I greatly respect a man who doesn't give a rat's ass about his tools. I think that's a a mark of um, huge endowment. You just send me, you just text me your address, mister. You just earned yourself some whatever those are. So, so what... What's the deal with this? You, you put them in your router, and then you use your router as a planer, in essence. Right? <laughs> How do you stop them from spinning so hard that they don't, like, just fly out? Yeah, what's the... I don't, You're both hurting me right now. I don't really I'm know... I'm bound to still be nice to Bill right now. Okay, but what... Seriously, what is what is it that you're... What's a, a router plane is basically a way to dig a channel. It's a plane that digs a channel in the oh, middle I got of a piece you. of wood. I got you. So you would build a router. But what you would do is you would establish the walls first. Yeah, and then right. you use the router plane to to, to hog away the material. Yeah, right. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was looking at, it, I, was uh, like, even, I was like, I don't think I want to chuck that in my too. router. <laughs> you could use it for rabbiting. Um, so they they need to have a an edge guide to do that. You right. wouldn't really want to do that freehand. That would be pretty annoying. But you Ooh, could. What if you made some kind of a jig to go with your homemade router plane that would be for rabbiting? I'm I'm yeah, giving yeah. you a whole series of videos, Pinsky. Just yeah, I mean, just a fence is all you would need. Right? It's, yeah, it's a fence. Two, or two uh, fences to really... put threaded inserts on the bottom of this homemade router, play, and then you could just screw on a fence. Yep. Ooh, a but I, I, have, I have a rabbiting plane. insert plane, plane maker thing. I bought an actual rabbiting plane. I think it's a Stanley 78, like, mm-hmm. two years ago. And it's still sitting in the FedEx box that I got, and I never cleaned it up. I need to. And it's complete. It's got everything. It's got the the scoring blade. It's got the the fence, the depth stop, everything, and like two blades. That That's that'll neat. be a project video, I think. I just <clears throat> time, you know. Mm. See, I, I look at stuff like that as a guy that does it for a living, and I just like, man, I have so many other ways to do that. 
you know? Yes, like, for sure. An actual router with an edge guide would take two secs. Or a table right. saw, you know? <laughs> like, there's so many other ways. But you're, but you're talking about the difference yeah, between but, production and, right. and, and hobby just and mastering a technique. If you want to go out in the yeah. shop and listen to some music and have it be nice and quiet and relaxing, then those things are a lot of fun, absolutely. And there are, there are times in yeah. the shop where I, like, a lot of times when I'm making, like, tabletops, um... You know, I just kind of go to the, I get to that point where I'm like, well, I could, I could go set up some kind of fence and a jig and this, or I could just grab a hand plane and just work for a while. And, uh, yeah. and I like that. I get a little cardio, you know, it's like peaceful. It's, it's faster I think the in difference some cases. between the different, and I agree with you. Sometimes grabbing a hand plane definitely is the faster yeah. way to go. But I, I think when you're, when you're doing it as your living or your, you know, your livelihood, you're more interested in the ends. And when you're doing it as a hobby, you're more interested in the means you know your time in the shop making the thing is is the joy and uh and I, I guess ultimately for you handing over that project and getting paid for it is the joy well that well, that's why i got so into in the between too yeah but that's why i got so into the tech like i mean i you know when i started doing this stuff it was my part-time job it was my hobby and it was about the experience in the time and, and then people would buy stuff i was like oh that's great i made a hundred bucks like you know this is awesome and yeah and then as it became the sole means of my income i was like oh yeah it has to be a little more efficient and uh like i had no interest in that tech at all until i got into it and i saw the, the the how much it could do you know and how much it could speed things up for me i just got totally hooked yeah i was like well now i can this really changes the now you can make two tables a day right well this changes the quality of my time you know, to where it really, in essence, it gives me more time to do the things I enjoy, like grab the hand plane and plane the tabletop down because I had less time spent, you know, doing all this other stuff. You know, people are like, well, it either gives you more time to do whatever you want or it gives you more money. Yeah. Well, it gives you it gives you well, both. It, in it, essence, it can do you know? both. I mean, yeah. you could yeah. we got James Wright. He's all hand tools doing it mm. old school. Right. And he makes his living and his videos and his YouTube channel is doing it. Uh, Chris Kirshner. He uses nothing but those old Japanese hand saws and those whaleback saws and, mm. you know, things like that. So, I mean, there's there's like people that just do the hand tool old school for a living. Right. Yeah. There, or that's hobby. true. But keep in mind that James Wright off camera He's got a monster hand planer, like it's ten inches wide, and he uses that for surfacing, so oh, that yeah. for the video he just shows you, you know, the the fun joinery or whatever. Mm. Not to right. say that he's doing any the lazy way, but no, for, no, for the I sake mean, of being able to produce hard, but, videos. But and right. he's not selling the stuff he's making; he's selling the video. I mean, that's the exactly that's the yeah. You know. But I'm saying it's 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 there's production, there's there's production of old. I mean, the the Amish, right? They do things old school, right? They're still production, but they do it by hand. So it's just well, different for different ways you want to uh, make things use, happen. I I worked for a company that worked with the Amish for about uh, six or seven months. And the thing about the Amish is that it's not necessarily by hand because they use a ton of machines. Uh, well, not, not just, necessarily by hand, but old school. They use, they yeah. use one motor that drives... Uh, a yeah. belt system that powers many things. Everything, I mean, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're doing it production ways, like mechanically, yeah. but they're not plugging into a, a modern day table saw or, or uh, you know. Well, that and that's the big thing is is if you have a production shop. Well, you take like uh, just for our guitars, right? If I want to put a truss rod down the center of the neck, you know, it requires me cutting a slot a certain depth, a certain width, and a certain length into this into this block of wood before I go in and do all this other stuff. So that means I have to go set up the fence on the table saw, or set up the fence on the router, and set the depth, and change the blade, and do all this stuff, and it takes a ton of time. Now, whereas I have a CNC file, it takes you know that particular operation is quick, you know, is pretty quick, but on the CNC file, I can do all of that stuff at once and, and it's, mm -hmm. and I don't have to have a machine set up for cutting this angle, a machine cutting set up for cutting that angle. If I had all, like an individual dedicated saw for each one of those things, it would be a hundred times faster than using the CNC. But you know, we, I can't have that. Like that's, you know, one or guy can't you could have do it by hand with the Phil Pinsky router plane that he's <laughs> oh my God. Make and charge more money because you put more labor and time into it. Exactly. Well, no, but you, be, no one's gonna pay more. That's that's the big thing. No one's gonna pay more because you wasted you your no time. No one. You can't say no one. I'm saying if you get that, you you try and sell the job before you do it. So that way you know, okay, I'm gonna make this handmade tool for or handmade guitar for somebody that wants a handmade guitar specifically with a Phil Pinsky router plane. 
Where I've had this, I've had this discussion several times on YouTube in comments on my videos, like saying, <laughs> "Oh, I thought you were going to make that guitar. You used the CNC machine. I thought you were a woodworker." You know these kind of comments, and it's like, "Well, yeah, the CNC like the the skill is in creating a router template and then holding a router template up against a router table. That's there's no skill in that." If I can have a machine, like, that's not, like, just because I'm not doing that doesn't mean I don't know what I'm, you know what I mean? Like, like, the, let the robots do that stuff. The, the artistry and the skill comes in everything else that the robots can't do. So if I can have the Most robots often, do. Most people making the comments might as well be a robot. Cause well, they just, they, just they don't silly. get it. They think that, they think that there's mm -hmm. some quality. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, they're like, oh, we didn't even make it. You, you, you had your robot make it. Did you watch the rest of the video? I, the robot did, like, right. steps A through B, and then I did C through Z back through A again, you know? But, uh, Comments like that only have meaning when I say them too. <laughs> so, so I, I he's have, right. This handsome devil is right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This handsome. <laughs> 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 All right. Oh, I like life right now. Life is really good right now. <laughs> well, got, you've got a you've got a great life, so you should live it and enjoy it, my friend. He's gonna um, mail this. You're gonna be checking your <laughs> mailbox every day for three you months. Me your address yet? <laughs> I didn't, but I I will. <laughs> oh man! Where are we time-wise? Because I'm feeling true. Oh wow! Actually, we burned through quite a bit of time. We yeah, probably, hey, we have several what, 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 here. We're our attention, yeah. Oh yeah, we have that too. Uh, no, we got to do the iTunes review review, and actually, we've got one from Japan. Oh, awesome! Along with a few American ones, also actually. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, we have several of let them. Let me do the. Uh, boom, uh, we've got three from last week, kind of short uh, American ones. Yeah. So let me do the the Japanese one because I think that one came in before. That okay. came in on the second. The other ones came in on the third. Uh, so this one is from SimCall, and I think he left us a review before. The title is YouTube and Podcasts on the Beach. Oh, that sounds nice for him. Um, thought it was time for a new <laughs> review. Your man in Japan is now on holiday in Malaysia, sitting by the pool and with wind blowing through the palm trees, legs quickly burning and listening to podcasts. What's your favorite woodworking connected way to annoy the wife? Look forward to your 2020 shows. Happy New Year, guys. Well, thanks very much, oh. my friend. All the best. Mm. Sounds like a lovely uh, vacation there. Yeah. Uh, Tim, there's one semi-long one and two short ones. I'll do the long one. You do the other two. Okay. Okay. Uh, this one is... Um, like a shot of Ritalin from Resurrect Fabrication. Amazingly, this is the only podcast that I have not burnt out on or felt the need to take a break from. Tim Sway, Bill Lutz, and some unemployed guy from up north <laughs> have somehow managed to keep me coming back for more. Whether I be, whether I be the way they, whether it be the way they manage to spark creativity with their imagination game, or the way they tear each other down with their sarcastic humor just to turn around and build each other up again just to knock them back down. Maybe Accurate. it's the times when it gets away gets way random and way off topic like every time and you start to wonder what the heck am I listening to but yet still can't seem to stop listening. Or maybe it's a simple fact that it's their very own down to earth they don't that that it's very down to earth and they don't try to sell you stuff except for Tim, Tim. <laughs> and they make you feel like part of the community with relatable topics. It makes me feel proud to crawl out of a dumpster. Give them a listen. It's good stuff. Well, thank you, Resurrect Fabrication. Yeah. Thanks, bud. Yes, thanks. And you know what? If you uh, if you act now, I can save you 10% on a score. <laughs> <laughs> Mash the keypad with your palm now. <laughs> Don't forget uh, ISO tunes and what's the other one we just did? The uh, other one. And the, the other we podcast. Oh, there's the other podcast. podcast. <laughs> And Clear story, uh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, next up is from Waffle Beaver. <laughs> a best name. That's, that is a great ever. name. A genuine trio and best reclaimed podcast. Five stars. I started listening to this podcast in 2018. That's, that's two years ago now. Uh, this, yeah. this podcast has been a nice bit of motivation to keep me reclaiming a wide range of items due to the creative ideas that Bill, Tim, and Phil provide consistently. Thank you for all the con contributions and ideas from at Waffle Beaver. I'm glad that you will read reviews and that someone will have to read out my handle. That's we said. It <laughs> that is at Waffle Beaver. That that's our five star guarantee. Yeah, that's, that's right. Oh, I like that five star five guarantee. star guarantee. Write that down. That was good. Wow. <laughs> and one more. This is from a bunch of letters. Jid Jinsenbud. 
uh, and it's five stars, and it's the Airwolf of Woodworking Podcast. Remember that show, Airwolf? <laughs> God, I loved that I show. I love that show. That show, Jan Michael Vincent and uh, yeah. Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine, yeah. Do you like 30 minutes of guitars and 20 minutes of woodworking? <laughs> Are you curious about hoarding? Uh-huh. Are you curious about hoarding and how you can disguise this uh, to your wife slash husband as social conscious trash collection? <laughs> <laughs> then, this is the, then this is the podcast for you. Join these three unique individuals as they give you tips and tricks on how to make and build surrounded by modest mocking of each other. Very well said. The Airwolf yeah. podcast. I like it. It's good. All right. And uh, what else do we have? The tip segment? Who has a tip? Um, weekly tip segment. Interesting tip. Let me think. Tip, trip, tips on the tip of my tip. You know who always has a great tip is uh, my brilliant, handsome friend, Bill Lutz. You have uh, one for us this week? You know I, what? I, I, I might have said it before, but it's worth repeating. Collect hand plane blades and, and, <laughs> and planer blades and <laughs> old uh, chisels and use them for scrapers. And, you know, upsi- seriously, if you find old old tools, don't be afraid to upcycle them and use them for something maybe they're not intended for. I do it all the time. I got a whole shop full of stuff. And especially, like I said, the old planer blades, they make great, um, kind of like a draw knife. I have quite a few that are 18, 20 inches long. And instead of, I don't own a draw knife, but I got a bunch of old planer blades that I can use. And I'm not afraid to screw them up. And sometimes I'll even weld handles to the ends of it. Mm, that's go. what I was just thinking. Mm. Yeah, put something on there, you know. Yeah, a little tippity tip. Yeah, that's actually a good tip I'll, I'll right there. I'll give you there. one real quick. I'll, I'll give you a little. Oh, yeah, it was, that mm. was a tip. Um, just because we were talking about table saw maintenance, I like to wipe it down with mineral spirits, give it a good wipe down. Let that dry, and then come back with paste wax. Let that sit, and then buff it out in case yep. anyone else. And and that really is only for, uh, you know, a cast iron top. I don't think you can do that with aluminum. So, uh, we used to, I used to paste wax. I used to paste wax my aluminum one. I had a contractor saw my first. Did saw. you? Yeah, I used to. I didn't use the mineral spirits on it, but I would just wipe it off real good and, and paste wax it. Yeah. You know, I just like to clean it off first, yeah. and then get that way it's not like a buildup in one area and you know lower someplace else. Hmm. Let, let okay. me enhance this uh, uh, tip a little bit. Don't forget your um, your thickness planers, especially the portable ones. If they if you don't use them very often, and I know this because I learned the hard way years ago. Um, don't forget to wax, clean them off and wax those tables because you'll stick a piece of wood through there. You'll think the rollers are getting bad, they're getting worn out, it's not adjusted right, everything, because it won't grab hmm. that wood and push it through or it struggles. And it's only because the table itself, the steel table that you're sliding it on is, it needs, throw a coat of wax on that real quick. And you watch, you'll think you've got brand new, you'll think your blades are dull. Those blades will act like they're sharp, the rollers are perfect and it slides right through. It, even if it's only been dusty, if it's sitting for a while, Right before you use your little thickness planer, wipe it off real good, put a little coat of wax on it, and those boards will fly through like it's a new planer. Wow, I really am going to, this is not even to do with the butt kissing I was doing before. Uh, <laughs> I really I really do need to do that because I suffered from what I thought was all those problems, rollers and blades. Nope. Because uh, I had wood that was sticking. <laughs> Yeah, just just clean the clean. People don't realize that it's just that wood that those rollers depend on that that table being clean and nice and smooth. Right. Yeah. The surface. Yeah. It's like is, is the wood just too wet? Is it too wrong? Something's wrong with the wood. Something's wrong with the roller. Something's yeah. wrong with the blade. No, just just wax it up. Give it something smooth to slide on. Hmm. You'll be fine. Hmm. Okay. All right. I'm glad I showed up for the podcast tonight. It's <laughs> tremendous. That's good. Um. Let's see, what grabbed your attention this week? Um, let's start with Tim this time. What grabbed your attention? Jeez, I, I really, I don't know if I have anything. Um, oh, you know what? I was watching you I was watching this uh, YouTube channel, um, Joel Creates, and uh, he was making a, a set for a, um, like a science fiction show that someone was filming, and it was like on a budget and using like old TVs and plywood and foam boards and stuff, and it was fun to watch, so... Uh, I thought that was pretty cool to, like, make this, like, sci-fi set, you know, dystopian future thing, you know. And, like, part of it, he was saying, was, like, part of it was supposed to be this, like, old building, so it was made to kind of, like, you know, more, like, 80s, like, kind of dated. And then parts of it were supposed to look new, you know. So it was cool. It was kind of interesting. I like that. Uh, I mean, I've never been too much into props or or make-believe for for making. Um, But what Mm -hmm. I do like about it is, like, just, I mean, seeing, like, the 
it's a great way to upcycle, you know what I mean? It's like, if it doesn't have to function, <laughs> it just has to look cool. And it's, it was kind of fun seeing some of those ideas. So, I'll mention that one. I like seeing, to, to further that point, I like, and I'm, I said it last week, and I think I talked to Bill about it, but I'm watching this show called The Expanse, and it's this it's a sci-fi show. And I, I am keyed into the prop makers because I'll look at something that they're showing on the show, and I'll say, that's an old Thule, um, you know, car-mounted... <laughs> And transport, they make it look like it's some kind of a space pod or whatever. And sometimes it breaks the suspension of disbelief for me, but I, I, I'll see, like, how are they making those props? I find it interesting. It's something that I've never paid attention to. It's also uh, fun but now when I you find can recognize what the real thing is and exactly. what the Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, for sure. Actually, one time I recognized the location. Um, there was a show that I was watching. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. It's on uh, It's on Netflix. But, uh, but it was a Canadian sci-fi show, but you can't tell, obviously. It's just that it was done here. Um, and it was done in, in, uh, in a warehouse. And then all of a sudden, the company I was working for at the time, we were switching warehouses. And I was walking through this warehouse, and I said, I've seen this before. Oh, this is from the... And it turns out that it was shot in that warehouse. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty cool. So... So there, there's, there's that. I should have warned you guys. That was, uh, that was one of those ones you had to be on the edge of your seat for. Um, let's see here. Uh, what about you, Bill? What's, uh, what caught your attention this week? You know, a, a bunch of little things in our communities going on. So let me, let me throw out um, Alex Snodgrass, who I had the pleasure of meeting in Atlanta a couple years back because somebody he was looking for a guy named Mizzy Swan. Somebody said, "Hey, there's an incredibly handsome, extremely large, muscular man with cut-off sleeves." <clears throat> you'll find him really quick. So he walked up to me and said, is he? And I shook his hand and said, yes, how's it going? Didn't know who this guy mm -hmm. was, but it turned out it was Alex Snodgrass, who was a bandsaw magician. I gave him a hard time about not really being Izzy Swan. You don't know what you're doing. And I introduced him to Izzy. Uh, but anyway, Alex Snodgrass has now got his own YouTube channel. This guy is a bandsaw genius. And so mm -hmm. he's literally just started a channel called Bandsaw Life. Check it out. The first one is an introduction. The second one is how to tune your bandsaw. But according to the, the introduction, it's basically going to be, look, watch this, and you can learn some stuff about bandsaws. The guy is the authority when it comes to it. The other thing is uh, Izzy, is speaking of Izzy, is having surgery. And mm. uh, by the time this comes out, people will pro it'll probably be done. But let's everybody send him some positive vibes and well wishes. Get his back back in order. And then the last thing is quite... A bit of a surprise, Mr. Rod. Oh my gosh, that hair, Reyes, yeah. resurfaced yeah. after a long hiatus with a video where he built a um, edge drum spindle sander, giant bad boy looking, holy smokes looking thing. So check out his video, uh, uh, my garage something or workshop. other. I don't know. Rod, yeah, my, my garage workshop. Uh, but Rod, yeah. welcome back, brother. We missed you. And uh, that's it. Oh, and Jimmy re restored uh, an old lever action uh, cowboy looking gun from rust to functioning and firing. So that was kind of neat. Our community I, in I a like, wrap up week. Yeah, no, I like everything you just said. Um, and specifically, uh, you know, well wishes, and I'm sure uh, Izzy's going to bounce back from this thing. Oh yeah, uh, you know, like a, like a Super Bowl. So yeah, all the best to him. Um, we got an email from uh, Lee Jordan, and uh, he says, "Hi guys, I was surfing Reddit this weekend, and this channel popped up with an interesting video on making your own TV antenna. I checked out the rest of the channel; it's pretty interesting and funny. They have a lot of odd builds. It made me think of you guys. Um, I don't know if that's a compliment, but um, I checked out this channel, and it's what." YouTube was and in my mind is meant to be you know it was like kind of like public access TV right you know like like, like that's sort of where where I think YouTube got its start like now it's like hyper polished production value and you know like you need thousands of dollars a gear to compete with certain people on there um, but this is just quirky uh, sorry the name of the channel is called um, Atomic Dairy and they do all kinds of uh, build videos and, and just funny stuff and home maintenance. And they're just, they're just really, really quirky people, um, but super lovable. Uh, the channel doesn't have huge views, but I just think it's amazing. And, uh, and it's everything that YouTube should be and was, as far as I'm concerned. And it's just a great little channel. Cool. So, Lee, thank you for sending that to us. Awesome. Thank and you, that's, Lee. That's where I'm at on that. 
Um, our, our websites are williamlutz.com, timsway.net, and newperspectivesmusic.com. Um, contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. Obviously, we take it seriously. Uh, hit us up on email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, or on Twitter at reclaimedaudio. Um, let's let's uh, let's give out our our iTunes five star guarantee reads if you leave leave us a, a review there on iTunes, and uh, and Patreon.com/slash/reclaimedaudio. Uh, I'll say it before I've said it again. I'll say it now. It's the absolute best way to keep these guys going. So uh, so thanks very much to those who have and to those who will. And have a great week, everyone. Excellent. I like it. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Be good. Yeah.